Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the human experience podcast. I'm still in shock at the guest I have today, but listen, before I get to introduce my amazing guest, head over to, if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe, hit the like, hit the share. If you're a dude, you want to pay closest attention to this one. If you're listening to Apple, get over on YouTube just so you can see this monster I got with me today. My guest today is Steve Eckert. He is, he changed my life and I'll share with you guys how, but let me introduce him first. He is a husband. He's an amazing father. He's an entrepreneur. He's a U.S. Marine. He is a personal discipline and development peak performance coach. And uh, Steve, welcome to the show, by the way. <laughs> What's up, brother? Looking forward to it. Looking forward to having a conversation with you. There's not, not enough of these type of conversations go on between men. So looking forward to it. That is true. You're getting my energy level up. Um, but you do that. And let me just share with you guys how I met Steve. So back last September, right now, this is August 1st today. So almost a full year ago, um, I was at the Squire program with my oldest son, Max. Steve is one of the instructors in that Squire program. I've already had uh, Bedros Koulian on the show. You guys probably have seen that episode. Ray Care, Matt, and here's Steve. All of these guys were the instructors. And um, so at one point, they took the, the boys away, and the fathers were hiking up this freaking mountain in California and Florida, it's flatland, Steve. I don't, I haven't seen uh -huh. a mountain and I don't know how long until I got out to California. Yeah. We're surrounded by mountains here. It's awesome. So we're going up this, like what seemed to be like a two mile straight uphill carrying some weight. And I had a chance to walk near Steve and I'm sure, I mean, you've ran a bunch of these classes, so I'm sure you don't remember this like I do. And Steve's a Marine. I'm a Marine. We sparked up a conversation and I asked him like, so you're telling me you don't drink any alcohol. And the exact response was, fuck no, that shit is poison. That's exactly what you said. And that's when a seed got planted in my mind. It was September 25th, that seed was planted. And um, January 5th, I gave up drinking completely. And so I'm the type of guy that like, if somebody changes my life, I'm going to reach out and let you know, because I love when people do that to me. Randomly, you get a message from somebody, hey, a year ago, you said this and it changed my life. We don't know, right? So I reach out to Steve on Instagram, like, dude, here it is. You changed my life. We started a conversation. I said, you got to come on the show. And Steve is here with us today. So Steve, you're kind of the, the, I don't know if it's by design. It seems like you're like this everywhere. You're like the hard ass of the group. I don't know if that's by design. I think that's by design by God. That's the way he made me. And I'm just being who I am. And first off, that's that story. When you sent me that message on Instagram, that made my freaking day. That makes that makes the other 99 messages of all the haters that I get every day on Instagram, the people threatening that they're going to kick my ass. And they meet me in person and all this other stuff. It makes it's it's shit like that. makes my day. That's freaking awesome to hear that you just haven't touched any alcohol since then. That's that's freaking amazing. Yeah. And I never will. I'm committed, man. I completely committed. Oh, so yeah. I, it made me, you know how in boot camp there's like the senior DI and then there the, you got the regular ones and there's one asshole. Like he's the hardcore one, the, the pit bull of the bunch. I thought that's what you guys did here. Like Ray is kind of like the mama bear and you're like the hardcore one. And, um, but I don't think that's it. Cause this is who you are everywhere from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and I'm not, listen, you said the, the, there's that asshole instructor and I take that as a, a compliment. I'm the, it's I'm the compliment. asshole everyone needs in their life. I'm the one that everyone yes. needs in their life. The one that's going to tell them how it is and not bullshit and beat around the bushes. Like, 
people who have friends who just go along with everything they need or when someone says they're not going to drink and then they have a weekend of drinking and their friends come and tell them, oh, it's okay. It's just one time. Don't beat yourself up over it. No, bullshit. They need to be called out on that. If you ever tell me from this point on, you ever drink, I'm not going to tell you it's okay. I'm going to tell you you're a fucking loser and you you broke your word to yourself and you got some major hole to dig out of in your life. Like not, not tell you like it is, you know, tell you, tell you exactly like it is not exactly what you might want to hear, but what you need to hear. So I'll be that asshole that everyone needs in their life. That's not kind of what I meant. I meant asshole because like the <laughs> second you. we got introduced and by the way, that's needed. And I super appreciate that. Um, but the second the fathers and sons got introduced to the staff there, I think when it was your turn to introduce yourself, and these kids range from the age of 12 to 16. So they're not babies, right? You, uh, I think you dropped seven F-bombs in the first three words, right? So it's like, and my son, he's one of the younger guys there. His eyes are like popped out of his head. I'm like, this is awesome. This is exactly where we need to be. Because even there, they need that too. Because young men these days are being coddled and everything is politically correct. They need to, to feel a little bit of realness, a little bit of chaos, a little, little rawness so that like... My son hears this stuff all the time. He'll never say it himself, but he's going to go out there in the real world one day and and he's going to be ready for the chaos of what's out there. Someone is going to tell him and, and talk shit to him and be like, oh, you're fucking stupid or whatever. He's going to be like, wow, but it really hurt my feelings. Like I haven't like it's going to bounce off him. It's building up his kind of armor, emotional armor, entrepreneurial armor, whatever you want to call it. I love that. So talk to me. Talk to me about who were you before you joined the Marines? I was a as a kid a, a ghost, and then after that I was a a criminal, really a ghost. As in, as a kid, just growing up, just alone by myself, never had any friends, never gotten invited to any birthday parties, never been to any football games or school dances or proms or whatever, and and a ghost in my own house. I never had a single conversation with my father. That's why something like the Squire program that you came to is so important to us. It means so much to us. The fact that your men that are taking time out of your, your day and your schedule and, and a, a week, really some time to go out there and travel with your sons and go pour into them like that. And then sometimes we'll see the sons kind of rolling their eyes and not being appreciative of being there. And, and that's why I have to be who I am in that there to kind of shock them a little bit. Like they need to fucking appreciate and thank their fathers for bringing them there because they just think that that's normal. Like these days, that is like the 1% of fathers that are willing to do that. Like that's, I had never had, Literally in 19 years, I went to the Marine Corps, never had a single conversation with my father. And I lived at home until I went to the Marine Corps for the most part. And talking about never taught me how to change a tire on a car, never taught me about girls or about money or finances, working out, health, nutrition, nothing. Discipline, not a single, I'm not, not even a conversation. Never threw a football to me, not a single time. Never had a catch with them ever. So growing up as a ghost there, which led me into kind of, causing some trouble after kind of as a teenager after high school and that led into to jail and that led to the Marine Corps. You were in jail and then the Marine Corps? Yes. What'd you do? Why'd you get locked up? There was always little, I was in jail a few times just for fights, breaking into stealing stuff, breaking into houses, whatever it was. There was all kinds of, we were doing all kinds of criminal stuff. The stuff never got caught for anything too big, but, and at that point, that was almost at the borderline of when judges stopped even allowing it. But literally, they had me, they let me out of jail from the courthouse into, they got me a taxi straight to the Marine Corps recruiter. 
I was not allowed to go anywhere else except for the Marine Corps recruiter. And it had to be the Marine Corps because that was four years and the Army, Navy, and Air Force allowed you to get two years. So they told me either I was going to, to jail for one to three years or Marine Corps for four. Take my pick. Good pick. Yeah, you, feel like, yeah. you feel like the Marine Corps shaped you? Hell yeah. People people say the, the Marines made you crazy. I'm like, hell no. They they taught me the discipline to control the crazy. Like men in general, we're we're built that way, wired that way. We're, you have that testosterone inside you. You need some outlet, some place to channel it, to discipline it, to control it. Every one of us is a, every man is a built-in savage in there and a beast in there just needs to be able to control it and discipline and use it for good in, instead of evil. Man, that's so true. All right. So you get out of the Marine Corps. Like when did, when did this Steve become who you are today? Probably all along the way, like in the Marine Corps, you get so much, so much goes on that you don't even realize, right? You don't even appreciate until you get out and you, you, you bitch and complain about the stuff when you're in there. Cause that's just the talk you do when you're in the Marine Corps, the more it sucks, the more you bitch complain, the more you talk shit and have fun and crack jokes. And then once, once I got out while I was in the Marine Corps, I, I realized that I wanted to get into fitness and personal training. So I actually got certified as a personal trainer while I was still in the Marine Corps and started setting up a business plan then about opening up gyms and becoming a trainer and all this other stuff in, in the health and fitness industry, because I started training my Marines and realized how much of an impact it had on them and not just their physical fitness, but mental and emotional fitness, how it just made everything better and had a, had a better life in general. I knew that was the direction I wanted to go in and that type of personal training coaching. And I started doing that. I got certified while I was in the Marine Corps and still didn't really appreciate that level of discipline. That was just like a business idea and a, a hobby almost. And then years after, probably not until I had a son, which now he just turned 12, is when you really realize, all right, now it's time to really get your fucking shit together. You've just been playing a game until now. Now it's time to get freaking serious because you know what? I, I start even after I had my son, I was had the gym open already, had a gym open in New York, and I was working 12, 14, 16 hour days, seven days a week since the kid was just born. My wife was in business with me, but she couldn't be at the gym. So I was literally doing everything in that gym. We had no employees. I did every single fucking thing. And I started realizing after my son was only a couple months old that I'm going to start being like my father, like neglect is neglect, whether, whatever it is, a kid is going to grow up without a father one way or the other, whether he was a douchebag and absent father like mine and a drunk and a gambler and all this other stuff, or just hustling and, and growing an empire. He doesn't give a shit if I'm out there growing a business, if I'm not there for all these moments when, when he's growing up. So I'd say having a son is when it really clicked. And then you start started like thinking back to the to the Marine Corps and start really just start writing stuff down and got into journaling and meditating and all that stuff at that point. And then really started reflecting on the Marine Corps and all the things I learned and even pulling out some old books and discipline and all the the leadership traits and all this stuff. I'm really diving deep into that and and then actually started teaching that to other people and started coaching people on on similar stuff like that entrepreneurship where it ties into uh family and and the military leadership. So really start appreciating it probably once I actually had a son, a real reason to, to that's next level leadership right there. Yeah, man. My son was the reason I quit smoking after 14 years. I remember he was six months old. I carried him upstairs and just started coughing up green shit. It was terrible. Jeez. <laughs> and I'm like, I looked at him. I said, this is it. This I'll never pick up another cigarette. Called my doctor, said, can you write out Chantix for me? She wrote out a 30 day thing in three days. I was done. That's Never awesome. And now, the, and now they're drinking and now they're drinking. Awesome. Yeah, man. Um, Steve, so you're, it seems like there are some guys like me, for example, there are sometimes, and 
I think I'd like to think I'm a little bit above average when it comes to mental strength and focus. I, I see people that are a lot weaker mentally than I am, like they'll, meaning they'll quit. They'll give up on themselves faster than I will. But then I see guys who like you, who won't give up for shit. Like, I think I have a breaking point where I would quit. But then there are guys that absolutely don't have a breaking point. How, how do you establish that? How do you develop that? It's it's daily intentional practice and attention to it. It's nothing anyone that says is natural. It, it's not. It's those daily disciplines, those daily habits, sticking to the routines. Like if people saw a lot of my routine, they would think it's boring. But to me, it's it's freedom. To me, it's discipline. It's doing those same things every day. I have to do them. Like shit, I'm sitting here right with my journal right here. You can't see it here, but I'll write down certain things every single day just so it's drilled into my head and that's the start of my day i got to take control of my day because a lot goes on up here there's a lot of fucked up shit that goes on up here. if i don't take control of it the someone or something will take control of that eventually for you and you'll end up making stupid decisions and and whatever else so it's deliberate it's intentional like a daily practice every day of all the the daily disciplines non-negotiables yeah but you're promoting like you and your whole family i saw on instagram are promoting uh lifting for 24 hours is that right like lifting yeah we just did that last saturday so for 24 hours non-stop you're just lifting weights in the gym you do at our we have a home uh full home gym yeah we do we do you do a set set up the next weight do another set set up the next weight yeah we did a 24 hour straight zero zero real no real rest we didn't go to sleep we stayed up the entire time i got over five hundred thousand pounds my son who just turned 12 got over three hundred thousand pounds that was the goal his goal was 300,000 and we didn't, he didn't go to sleep. We just lifted set, set, set like that shit. It was just grueling. It's your joints all start crumbling, but that's what it's all about. After that, after 12 hours or even after nine hours, one of my elbows just started giving out. And then to know that I still have 15 more hours to go of lifting after nine hours, it's shit like that. That's what I'm talking about. Deliberate, like having to do stuff like that to almost utilize like you have to put your energy somewhere it's like right outside i don't think you can see it now because the sun's coming up but right out yeah behind me there's heavy bags and i have a pair of boxing gloves sometimes in the middle of the day i'll just need to get out some aggression i'll just go outside we have a, a little boxing gym right outside i'll go out there and get a little quick workout in it's the physical part is the huge is I, th I think that's the foundation of discipline like your training your your body your health building muscle is like the foundation. That's like the gateway discipline drug to all the other disciplines. Like it's needed. I train, we train also train every single day. We haven't taken a day off in, I don't know how many years for myself and my son also. He's he, all of 2022. He hasn't missed a day and all of 2023 hasn't missed a day of, and I'm talking training, not just bullshitting, training every single day. It's just part of our, it's like breathing. We just, you need it. It keeps us centered, keeps you grounded. And like I said, it's intentional. Like I need that every day. People say, well, that's not healthy. You need to rest, recover. We, re we rest and recover other ways by spending time together, having fun, uh, journaling, getting the right amount of sleep, hydration, eating the right foods, supplementation. So we get our recovery these other ways. And we, we have a lot of fun. We, we hang, we spend tons of time together as a family. So to me, that's recovery. That's not, so stress levels are lower down. You're not, you don't have anxiety and running around all, all crazy out, out of whack. So we need to train every day. Like, and he's been doing it too. And, and we need it. We like, you, I can't imagine even taking a day off. It would just feel out of whack. We just, no matter what we've had injuries, had Corona and all this other stuff and I have a, I have to get a hernia surgery. I'm going to tell the doctor when I go get it, you tell me <laughs> I'm going to train every day after the surgery. So it just tell me what 
I'm going to, what, what should I definitely avoid? And what could I maybe get away with? Cause it's going to happen either way. So at least guide me at least somewhat in the right direction. Freaking love that. So where does that mindset come from, man? Like that's not, I don't think that's innate. Innate because, because innate, I think is our subconscious wants to keep us comfortable. That's, that's not comfort. Like after the 24 hour thing, you worked out the following day. Of course. Hell yeah, we did. <laughs> hell yeah. I love that. I don't know if I would have done it, but I love that. Okay. So where that's not innate. Where it comes from. I, and I've even thought about it. Like, let's say like my father was not disciplined and I didn't get to see that. So what makes, let's say your mother's a crackhead and what makes the, and usually a, a parents who are a crackhead, their kids are become crackheads and then their kids become like, eventually the, the cycle has to be broken. And I've thought about it and I've journaled about it. Like I'm talking for like a decade, like what makes that one person be the one that breaks the cycle. And, and all I can come up with, and I, and I don't, I, I don't still know the answer is that, they have some of those traits of those parents, those stubbornness traits, but it's just tweaked just a tiny bit, just genetically almost, where it's that same exact obsessed, crazy, psychotic behavior, but it's tweaked that they're saying, okay, but I'm going to use that in a different direction. Like, it's just the same stubbornness DNA. That's the only, I, I can't give anything else other than just stubbornness. Like, yeah. what what else is there? I don't know where it comes from, because why my father's father was a... a a deadbeat and a drunk and a gambler. And then I'm sure his father, I'm sure it goes back generations. What makes that one be the one that, that breaks that cycle, something in that, in their DNA that it's, I'm still part of my father. I'm still him. It's just, there was every, there's probably a little tweak in that genetics. Every time that one little tiny split, uh, a one degree change of direction takes that same stubbornness, addictive nature and just puts it somewhere else. Have you ever That's read thinking grow rich? Yeah, yeah, long time ago. I haven't read it in a while. It's like his chapter on sexual transmutation of energy. It's like that same, it's that energy, but if you focus that on something creative and right, right, like, and I remember exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember that he's saying, about. like, if, if men would take that that energy they do about chasing a piece of ass and put it towards business, everyone would be millionaires. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, exactly. But, but this reminded me of what you're talking about. You have this, you know, let's call it crackhead energy, right? That, that, that stubbornness, you just channeled it somewhere else. That's pretty cool. Have you, I mean, you've spoken about your father a lot. Have you gotten through that? Like, have you forgiven him? Yeah, I, I, he's dead now. He died maybe a year, year and a half ago. And it's not like there's any, I don't, I don't have any hatred. Like, it's not like we were never spoke towards, I spoke to him still. We didn't have a zero relationship. It just was never a good relationship. I my father still to the day he died never once told me that he loved me never once gave me a hug like literally on his deathbed still didn't and do I no I I I needed that and you say where did it come from most people I think that have high levels of discipline or whatever kind of success they have usually had those that adversity and kind of fucked up childhood maybe or whatever else or or rough childhood and then, so it's like you already have that built-in mental toughness. It's been instilled in you and built into you. So I needed that. I would, when people say, what would you tell your 18-year-old self or whatever? Or what would you do different? Nothing. I wouldn't tell him anything. I would keep my mouth shut and make him go through all the same bullshit and trouble and struggle that I went through. The only only thing really maybe I would tell him is to, he should have read a little bit more. Like if I could have became a reader earlier in life, like I'm obsessed with reading. I read 
hours a day when I, when I can at minimum 30 minutes, but some like yesterday, I just probably read two and a half hours. Just, I just get soaked into it. Probably that's one thing, maybe little secret I would give to him. But other than that, I would like, no, he needs to go jump in those fires. He needs to get his ass whooped. He needs to get kicked in the teeth because that made me exactly who I am without my father being that shitty father. I don't think I would be the father trying to be good father and, and good husband that I am now. So I, I appreciate Great. every bit of it. Wouldn't yeah. change a thing. I love that. That's that's awesome. So right now you're you're coaching men to be better versions of themselves. Definitely. We, we in the in the project, our other one of our other parts, we say to kill the inner bitch and unleash the beast. And then sure. in the when on the higher level, when it gets to like one on one coaching, it's all about the mindset, the muscles, and money. Like those M's right there, focusing on all those in that order, pretty much taking care of yourself. Like people try to go and worry about money and and getting. I could, I could give some of the greatest, you can give some of the greatest sales marketing strategies, but if they don't have their own shit together, it's going to be useless or half-assed at best until they get their mindset in the right place and get their own house in order, their own body in order, their own family in order. Then that other stuff, then it's going to explode. Then you give a little tiny little bit of sales or marketing or training. It's like, boom, it's going to freaking explode as opposed to someone who doesn't have that other shit together. It's going to be just a mess and, and half-assed at best. Yeah, I'm going to join you guys in the project next year, 2024. I'm going to do it. This year is a marathon year. Next year will be the project year. I'm oh, saying yeah, it here awesome. and it's recorded. I'm, I want that tattoo. Can you share it? Because, I mean, I see it behind you. <laughs> oh, yeah, right there. That. Yeah, Bedros had it and Ray had it. And, and literally, that's – I got this – we got these after the first class of the project. That's how powerful and impactful it was and the transformation we saw in the men and the becoming better husbands, fathers, leaders, and men. After the first class, and now we're coming up in October on the to the 18th class, so we're four years later. But after one class, we went and got this tattoo on top of our hands. After one freaking class, not even knowing if we we're going to do a second class. That's how powerful and impactful it was at the time. And this is actually my first tattoo I ever got was right here at 41 years old on, on the top of my hand of a skull and cross axes. Then I added some dripping blood on it just for the for the hell of it. <laughs> but yeah, that was my that was my first tattoo at, at 41 years old. I love it. What do you see as a common mistake? Like, obviously, when men come to you, they're already like fed up with who they are. Chances are they're looking in the mirror and they're at that turning point. Like, fuck this. I don't want to be who I am. I got to change. And I need a guy like Steve to help me. What's the what's the most common kind of theme that you see with those types of types of people? And is there something that you typically tell them as the first thing to start doing to get out of who they are? Oh, it's, it's such, such, and it's a great question, but it overall, it's easy because it's such a common theme. And we've already talked about it about myself and three, usually three things, all men, if they could overcome these three things and they come with these, this baggage every single time is their daddy issues or meaning their childhood issues. I just ball it up and say daddy issues. Cause for the most part, when men are fucked up men and they have is had issues with parents, 90% of the time, it was their father. They're dead, poor, positive male role models. That's always the first one after that is drugs and alcohol. So usually that daddy issues led to drugs and alcohol, and then it's women problems. But the daddy issues led to the drug and alcohol, which led to the women problems, meaning with their wife and they're having trouble with their with the wife. But it all goes back to that. So the first thing is to like put the big boy pants on and, and get over those bullshit stories that you're telling yourself in your head about the past. Like you can't be claiming these, these kitty issues for so long. Like even... Like Bezos talks about it, how he was molested as a kid. Like eventually, what are you going to do? Just keep 
harping on this stuff the rest of your life and then die this miserable average person like eventually you have to just get over that shit it, it's uh, some people need therapy or whatever but after a certain amount of time almost like no there's no point even th- therapy even even needed sometimes like just fucking get over it it's time to step it up especially when they when they have when they come to the project and they're talking like the way you're talking they feel like they lost the spark they lost the edge they don't feel themselves they don't feel like a man all this other shit and they have kids and they have sons and they're talking to me like that. That's when I really just lose my shit. That's when I, I just can't stand that. It's like one of my buttons. Like, how the fuck do you have kids and a son and you don't know what your purpose is? You've lost your purpose, but you have kids. Like, what more do you need of a purpose than that? Like, how could you feel like you've lost your way? You don't have any sense of adventure. Like, you have a son. You have a kid. You have a son. There's nothing more needed. There's nothing I would ever need to light a fire under my ass or motivate me or spark me. How could you? Like, that's a fucking shame and and once you start breaking through to them and and letting them realize that that's so that's the first thing that mindset shift and then the second one is taking getting back to taking care of themselves doing the hard shit they have to go through that like in the in the book wild at heart they talk about you need an adventure to go on like to me adventure to go on means do hard shit like yeah it should be fun adventurous but it also be should be hard and suffering like we need those challenges Better yet, if you could do that with your family, with your son, do that hard shit like the Squire program or like these 24-hour challenges that I do. That was like the 10th 24-hour challenge that we've done together as a family. We need that stuff. That's our adventures to go on. Then we'll go and do some crazy off-the-wall hikes that like you're supposed to train for like years for. And we'll just go out there in our, our tennis shoes and a backpack and go and do it. Or like a 130-mile bike ride down the coast of California. We'll just we'll jump and, and go into these like do hard stuff. But take care of yourself. Get get in shape. Get get lean and ripped and and build muscle. Like once you know you have these kids, all right, now be that example. Like there's no kid that's looking at a dad with a gut and bitch tits and is like, oh my god, that's my <laughs> hero. I want to just look just like him. Hell no. <laughs> They're looking at the dude and like, wow, that's my dad. He would probably get his ass whooped by every other dad in this street. Like imagine your kids like thinking like that way. Get. Get lean and ripped and train every day. That's why I need to work out every day. Do hard shit. Do massive hard shit several times a year and even smaller on like a micro scale. Do hard shit every day. Something exciting every day. Like optimize yourself. Optimize your nutrition. Get your own house in order, meaning yourself, all that stuff together before you even start thinking about like you can't lead other people until you're you're first leading yourself. And those folks who are looking at you and saying, yeah, it's too too hardcore, do you tell your son you love him? Of course. Dozens of times a day. Awesome. Of course. I got to throw that out there because people got to know, you know. Of course. I think that's really important. So what's the next, uh, like, what's the next hard shit for you? Well, we just finished that. So we have a, it's not the kids, are, the kids are doing it, but we have a photo shoot coming up in three weeks. So right after the 24 hour challenge, we have a photo shoot, which means, but then we got to really dial in on it. So that's just a little mini challenge for us. But I like, we do those as a family just for fun, but it's like here at our house of working out and stuff like that. But it makes us have to dial in nutrition even more. And we go to crazy discipline level of our, our eating and nutrition and training. So that's like a little mini thing in between, because after the 24 hour challenge, that's one of the, the bigger ones of the year. After that, we will have some hikes and stuff coming up. So, and and we're still planning more twenty four hour challenges for the rest of the year. A couple other ones that we have in mind. That's awesome, man. How do you um how do you go about scheduling these? Like, just do you sit down with the family and you say, "Hey, what do you guys think we should do next?" Or are you the one that says, "Here's what we're doing"? Yeah. So it started with 
with in the project. There was a guy in the project. This is maybe three years ago. He was scheduling this bike ride down the whole coast of California. It was like 131 miles. And he asked if I wanted to do it. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. It was like two or three months away. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. And I said, actually, put me in for two, me and Tyson. And Tyson was eight or nine at the time. They're like, your son? He's like, isn't he like nine years old? I'm like, yeah. Like, you don't want to ask him? I'm like, no, he'll be fine. We'll do it. And I'm talking to Tyson about it that day. And he's like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Let's do it. And he was all excited about it. But I guess the way the conversation went, he is, this was on a Thursday. He assumed the Saturday I was talking about was a Saturday coming up. And he's like, oh no, but we have something else to do or else we can cancel the other thing if we're going to do this. He was ready to go on three days notice to go do a 130 mile bike ride. Meanwhile, <laughs> these grown men who graduated the project or these savage, these savage servants needed like three months to train and prepare. And this little dude was ready to go often and do it on three days notice. So we go and do that bike ride. We had to leave like four hours earlier than everyone else. So we were all, they all went as a group. We had to go just the two of us by ourselves because he has a little kitty bike. So it's much longer, more pedaling. <laughs> and it took us like four or five more hours than them. So we left at like two in the morning to go and do it. And we had, we had to drive. There's one point you have to drive nine miles on the I-5 freeway near San Diego, near the Marine Corps base, yeah. right near Pendleton. They allow you to drive on the highway. It's legal because they don't want you to cut through the base. So we had to drive nine miles on the shoulder of the freaking like, six lane highway to get there 131 miles we're done and of course we're back in the gym the next day working out and and then we sat there the night the night after that we're like you know what that bike ride it was a bike ride it wasn't even that hard it was 100 it was the longest one we've ever done we never did a, even 100 miles we never even did 50 miles before that but like it wasn't that hard so we sat down as a family and we made a list of all these hard things we wanted to do one of them my daughter came up with was bench press a whale that's how we came up with this weightlifting challenge we didn't only bench press, but since that was the title of it, that she said, I want to bench press a whale. So we said, all right, we're going to make a weightlifting <laughs> challenge, 24 hours. The largest blue whale was blue whales, like 300 to 500,000. So my son's goal was 300. Mine was 500,000 or it was like 418,000. But if you're going to do 418, why not go to a half a million? So we made it 500,000 and we did the 24 hour weightlifting challenge, bench press a whale. We've also done 24 hour bike ride, 24 hour hikes, 24 hours of pushups, then they convinced me to do 24 hours of freaking video games. So we did video games for 24 hours one time. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's how that stuff came up was from, yeah, we did it as a family. We still have this whole list of all these other ideas that we came up with. And that happened during a family meeting because we have a family meeting every Sunday. We have a, a family meeting where we go over our schedules, we go over our ideas, we go over our struggles. So the whole family sits down. We bring our, our notebooks, our journals, our computers. And we sit down every Sunday, right at the table, right outside of the, my office here. And we have a family meeting every Sunday, all four of us. And we go over our what we're gra our gratitude for the week. We go over our victories for the week. We go over our schedules and our plans for the week. What was our struggles from the previous week? What do we need help with? And then we go into the schedules and then events coming up and what ideas we have, what family trips do we want? What vacations do we want? When are we going to do them? What different family kind of traditions are we going to start? Like we started now every Thanksgiving, we go to to what's what's that uh, death valley death valley for thanksgiving so we go out to the sand does these huge massive sand dunes we just discovered last thanksgiving with the rv we go on these rv trips and so that's now our new tradition on thanksgiving we were just talking about it last night about going back there on thanksgiving and every thanksgiving we got to the to the death valley just fits our family that's our thanksgiving tradition going to death valley that's so freaking awesome so what type of things do your kids come up with like their plans and goals and things like that because so you're we'll younger usually... than your son right Yes, he's now nine. So we'll start with like the week. What are the top priorities we're doing for the week? And they, we do home homeschooling. So 
they set up what they're going to be working on for the week. Like my daughter usually works on, like she started creating a garden right out here in the back. My son works on today. He was cleaning two, two different guns of ours that he was cleaning and taking apart. And he blindfolds himself and he takes it apart and gets it back together with within 60 seconds and he cleans it. And we, we train on how to clear the house. He's training on fitness. He started doing some like workouts for other homeschool kids on Zoom where he runs the workouts for them. And so he works on that. He writes emails for that. He helps me with some stuff on on YouTube and they started YouTube channels where they create stuff and learn to edit stuff and create spreadsheets and all this other stuff. So all, all the different kind of things like that we work on on the, a weekly basis. But they also come up with places they want to go, things they want to do, challenges they want to they want to com- complete and just different ideas. We just keep creating lists and we then sit at the, at the meetings each week and start planning out what are we getting done this week? And then what do we have coming up in the next month or two? What kind of travels do we have? And usually if I'm going to travel to speak somewhere on stage or something, I'll, we'll get that on the calendar and everyone plugs it onto their calendars and they all, everyone usually will all usually travel together for stuff like that. Either we're going to make an RV. We decided we're going to make an RV trip out of it. Or are we going to fly? How long are we going to stay? What other cities are we going to go to? And so we'll just plan all that stuff in the, the weekly family meetings. Man, I love that. You should, I'm just, I'm going to start something similar. You gave me a good idea. Thank Hell you. Oh yeah, that's awesome. What um, how do you set goals? Set goals is for for the family or for myself? For you. It's usually, and and I'll write. I usually will write them down every day. But I'll think of, I think of really the goals are. It's pretty easy. I think of the ideal lifestyle that I want to have. What do I see as my ideal? I call it, we call it the our freak freedom lifestyle. Like. We want to live free. We want to have a, a life, make our own, live life on our own terms. So that's where it starts. And then everything reverse engineers from there. Okay, if this is exactly what the lifestyle looks like, and we've actually hit a point in the last probably year, year since we, since we bought this house in California, we've been in California now for four years, but we just bought a house last year, kind of was almost at the, had to reevaluate stuff and almost at a sticking point we because we hit most of what that lifestyle looked like. Like we homeschool with kids now. We work from home. We all work together. We work out together. Like right when we're done with this, I'm going to the gym to work out back and buys with my son. We're going to hit the gym together and he, we go to the gym. We work out together every day. And so it's seeing what that ideal lifestyle is. Whatever that ideal lifestyle that you want to live is, then reverse engineering that. So in that lifestyle, it's doesn't, that's not necessarily attached to an amount of money, but to live that lifestyle, you have to make a certain amount of money to live that lifestyle. So if someone says, let's say, Oh, I want to make $10 million a year and I'm coaching them. I'm like, all right, well, what does that lifestyle look like? Do you want to live? And they tell me the lifestyle. We break it down. It's like, you could probably live off of $750,000 a year with that, like that money that you want. Like that's a level of freedom or a million and a half. And you're thinking you need to make 10 million but this is a lifestyle you want to live in order to get that 10 million. You wouldn't be able to live lifestyle. Like I want to have dinner with my family seven nights a week. We eat dinner today together every single night. Now, if I put, I want to make this amount of money. Does that mean, is that going to take away from the lifestyle I want to live? If it is, then that's why I can't attach to an amount of money. I have to attach it to the lifestyle that I want to live. What is my ideal lifestyle? And then, and a lot of times that means sacrificing money so that I could, I've turned down tons of opportunities and, and tons of hundreds of thousands or even probably millions of dollars overall over the years, because I, when my kids did go to school, I wanted to be able to drive them to school twice a week. I wanted to be home when they came home from school five days a week. Everything opposite of what was going on with my father when I was a kid. I want to have dinner with them. Like we literally eat dinner seven nights a week. Even when I'm in the project where I'm off the grid, I'm in crazy, dark, psycho mode in the project. I'll be on Zoom 
eating my freaking granola bar, protein bar while they're having dinner. Like we will, we'll still be on a video call even then. So we eat dinner literally seven nights a week. If, if something's going to interfere with the lifestyle I want to live, it makes it an easy. No, like it makes it, it, it's put, everything goes up against a mirror of what I want that lifestyle to look like. So that's, it's, it's easy from there and then just reverse engineering it. And then, all right, then it means I have to do this and this, and this is going to, these are the big projects that are going to need to get done to live that lifestyle. And that means now let's break it down to the, all right, this week, what do I need to do? And then every task during the week aligns with that lifestyle aligns with those projects that lead to that, that, that lifestyle of, of freedom. How come so many people have a tough time getting clear on the lifestyle they want to live? Because they get caught up in the bullshit, like the money and the social media, and they see people on social media with so much money and the, the Lamborghinis and the private jets and all this other stuff. And 99% of the internet is, is fucking fake and bullshit. And people think that this is like everyone, like Instagram, you're seeing a 15 second thing and they're, they're seeing everyone, all this glorious shit. Like so many people on the internet, you see them and they're just savages and warriors and all this other stuff. And then you see them in real life. And I've seen it happen dozens of times and they're full of fucking shit. They're little bitches and they're frauds. And the internet is so fake. It is so fake. I could go on. I'm doing a, I'm actually writing, planning out today, a podcast episode that I'm doing about that. It's literally called the internet is fake. And that's why I'll <laughs> never make it on the internet. I will never make it on the internet. Like the shit that my family does could be like the most crazy YouTube channel, probably if we did it, but you have to make, add that fake element into it for it to hit. It's like so annoying. Like people like, I don't know. Not, you have to be act so fake and not genuine to make it like hit. I'll never make it on the internet. And I'm fine with that because that doesn't fit into my ideal lifestyle. Like I'm going to be who I want to be. Like there we had with this event, there was, someone was bringing out some snakes and they talked to this guy. He was like a social media influencer guy. And he was at one of our events and they told him they're bringing out all these snakes and he's going to hold these snakes. He's like, all right, cool. It's going to be cool content. He gets the camera guy, he gets all the angles and lightings. Right before they record, he acts all shy. He's like all nervous. All of a sudden, he has this fear of snakes. I don't know what's about to happen. I'm so nervous right now. To be honest with you, I'm a little scared. Like it was all just so, it's just bullshit. Like I, you'll never see me sitting there doing all this bullshit on just for the internet to get some fucking views. So I'll probably never make it the way that we could if I wanted to like sell out and be fake on the internet. I think you, I think you've made it. I think you'll make it. Bedros is kind of to me, pretty real. Right. I mean, and his YouTube, his podcast blew yeah, up yeah. <laughs> very quickly, but it's so the get, men catch on that. some viral stuff. It always could. Yeah. There's few, definitely a couple outliers, outliers that do it, man. But it shows that what you guys are doing, um, men need that. I need it. And, um, I'm a part of a group called F3. If you ever get a chance, check them out. F3nation.com. Uh, the three F stand for fitness fellowship, faith, and it's all free, open to all men. It's uh, peer-led workouts, you know, for the fitness. We get together 5.15 in the morning. There's a workout six days a week. All right. I remember you told me about that when we were walking. You told me about that. Yeah. We need that. I got to check it out. I had to wrote it down. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Well, I don't know if there's any in California. They're global. I mean, they just opened some stuff in, in Africa and Canada, like all over the place. Anyway, I, I think it goes to show that men really crave and need that. But how did you get hooked up with Bedros and that whole crew? Yeah. So years ago when I used to own my gyms, well, I started as a personal trainer, like an in-home personal trainer. When I came out of the Marines, then eventually my wife and I opened up a gym. We just quit our jobs, went all in on in-home training and then opened up a gym. And I was just doing everything myself. Had a thought, thought I never needed to do any marketing, never needed, didn't understand really the value of coaching. 
son was born again. And that was like when all the light bulbs started coming off, that's when I realized, all right, you don't know all the fucking answers. You don't even, you don't know shit. Like, and that's why I started digging back into old Marine Corps leadership and different mentors I had in the Marine Corps that you probably just didn't even realize. I even tried to find some of them on social, social media and I couldn't find any of them, but started digging into that stuff and then realizing I needed a coach and started looking up for some uh, fitness business stuff. And, and I, I originally joined one of Bedros's fitness business when that's what he, he used to only do fitness business coaching. That was it. And I was in some groups and masterminds of his there and then just started elevating from there, did some one-on-one stuff with him for a while and just kept growing and growing and, and started working well together. And then we just started branching off and, and starting all these different things like the project and the squire. He meets a lot of people like Bedros meets a shitload of people. What, what about you stood out to him? Have you ever, did you ever ask or do you know? I have no idea. Like you look like, and then like, I'll even go, I'm going to speak at his event coming up in September and there's like Mr. Olympias and fucking billionaires there. And then my dumbass, no idea. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, Steve, I wish I could spend the whole day with you, man. Um, probably will when, when the time comes for the project and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Is there anything that you'd like, you'd like to say to folks who are stuck, like some men who are just, you know, they want to do better. They don't know where to start. They're kind of fucking hating life right now. What can they do like right now today to start turning their life around? Right. Well, we, and we, some of the things we already touched on, we could just recap it is the yep. first is get over those childhood stories in your head, rip off those labels about whatever. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes, whatever, whatever bullshit stories, your, your family, your father, your teachers told you like rip those labels off, burn the fucking labels. And then from there, Train every workout as often as possible. Train hard. Do the hard shit. Challenge yourself. Do impossible shit. Make the impossible shit not not just possible, but just done. Get the impossible shit done. But then we talked about drinking. Stop drinking. Like such an easy one. Like that's one that someone could do today. They could do today, and it will change their fucking life. Stop drinking. Stop the prescription pills. And I know there's all right. Maybe some people are actually addicted to some stuff, but I'm not even. People will talk shit. I'm not a doctor. If you're coming to me for medical advice, you're an idiot, but I don't believe in addictions. I do not even believe in addictions. Like stop fucking drinking, stop the prescription pills, stop the, the porn and the drugs and the weed and all these other scapegoats and vices you have. Stop them right. Like stop drinking right now. Your life will be different tomorrow. It'll start changing already. You'll get better workouts. You'll be more clear headed. You'll feel better just knowing that you overcame something and you're not doing something like that, that knowing of the discipline of not doing it. So cut, cut the bullshit excuses and then stop falling for the trap of the internet and the social media and all this other bullshit and trying to live everyone else's life and, and start living the lifestyle you want to freaking live and start writing your own fucking story and living life on your own terms. And if you have a family, realize that that is your purpose. Like to me, that's the meaning of life for, is to have kids, is to have kids, have sons and lead them and teach them and show them. That is the purpose in life, especially as a man, like, Go work out with your kids. You, you don't have a you have a son and you're down and out. Go fucking work out with your kid. Go work out with your son. Have the family meetings that we're talking about. Do have weekly reflections on your own where you're journaling and writing stuff down and looking back on your week and seeing where you fucked up. Give yourself some credit for the wins you had and have a little more real gratitude and quit the 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 bullshit excuses. Yeah, journaling, man. That's uh, that's key. This from today. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's uh oh yeah. It's to happen. It's 
Steve. So that, like, to dummy it down, is just telling do more writing, do more reading, and do more speaking. Like to everyone, just talk, start conversations, write every day, read every day, train every day. Like right there, just that alone. It's so dumb. It's so simple. But like that's all I really do every day, every single day. It's boring as hell. It sounds like to me is not boring, but every day just it's what it takes. No, I absolutely love it. All right, real quick, you're a fitness guy. I mean, if if you guys want to check out his Instagram, by the way, what's your Instagram handle so people can check you out? They could find it if they want to find it. It's not hard to find. The ugly bald white guy. Find Steve Eckert, but shredded as can be. I had somebody the other day telling me about the carnivore diet. <laughs> it doesn't sound doesn't sound. You know, I, I like paleo, but. What's your take on different different diets and how we should eat? Here's the thing, uh, and and along with the other with the with when I the things you said when I said stop alcohol, stop the drugs, stop the is also stop the testosterone and steroids if you don't actually need it. They think they need this extra edge, so they do that too, and then wonder why they're all out of whack, and then you stop producing testosterone yourself. Like cut all that bullshit and eat cleaner and eat healthier. So diet every pretty much. All the mainstream diets, every one of them work and every one of them fucking sucks. <laughs> it depends on if you're going to stick to it. Like for the most part, they all tell you you have to work out also. They also tell you they also pretty clean choices, pretty much having discipline in what you're eating. Like you have to be disciplined in doing it. So all you really need, you already know when you eat something good or bad, You're most people are not dummies. They know. So you really just need discipline. If you have discipline, the diet's going to work. If you don't have discipline, it's not going to work. So really all you need is the diet of discipline. Like I don't have any specific diet I've ever followed. I just eat disciplined every fucking day. It's simple. It's a diet of discipline. That's all you really need. If you need some guidelines on macros or whatever, that's not even that hard either. Like I generally stick to somewhere around 50% of my, my calories coming from protein and then the rest is carbs and fat. It's fucking easy. It's so, I don't need a... No diet works if you don't have discipline. So what's the point of thinking you're going to do some diet? And then you do the diet. You don't have discipline. You say, oh, that diet sucks. It didn't work. No, you suck because you didn't have the discipline. Or <laughs> it does work. And you say the diet was great. But the diet wasn't great. It's just you had discipline. It all comes down. The discipline is like is the foundation of everything. It, all you need is a diet of discipline. Don't eat the shit that you know you shouldn't be eating. Eat, eat, you know, it's everyone knows what they should be. They, when they're shoving down a fucking Big Mac and, and a, a, some fries or whatever, they know that that's not good for them. So- it's just all about discipline. So it doesn't even matter the diet. There you go. Well, Steve, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for being here. Uh, get over to Instagram. Follow Steve Eckert. He is a beast. He'll motivate you. You motivate me. You've changed my life personally, and I want to honor you for that. And I'm forever grateful to That's you. That's awesome. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Awesome. It's awesome talking to you. I could do this this all freaking day. Thanks for having me on. But then I, I don't want to hold you back from your family's workout. <laughs> yeah. See you, Steve. Awesome. I'll talk to you later.